Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. This is Nicolene and Paige Peck joining you today. And we are going to be talking about helping kids open up. And maybe what parents don't often see about this behavior. I'm sure some of you have had a situation or maybe observed a family member or a friend in a situation where it seems like their child is putting up a wall and is closing them out and will not talk to them for whatever reason. They're saying, nope, I am being my own person right now and you don't get to be part of what I'm doing. And, and we, and we go, ah, that child's putting up a wall. And maybe some people say it's a stage. And maybe some people say, you know, have other reasons for why they think this happens. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about what we can do to help our children open up, maybe if they've decided to put up a wall. And maybe some of the things that we are not seeing that need to be seen. Okay, so that's where we're going today. We're going to be looking at everything. Thing, as always through this lens of self-government so what is self-government Paige what is self-government self-government is basically being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of how to how to handle it how to react to it yeah, I usually say possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors, right? So that you can control them. Exactly. So self-government is this process of seeing the world around you, not just in the minute, but in the future. So whenever something is happening, you say, okay, here I am in this situation right now with this other person or with this problem to be solved or with this behavior I don't like about myself or whatever it is, <laughs> but, but where am I going? Yeah. Well, what, and, and also like, what am I going to do with this situation? So usually with self-government, you have some sort of skill that you've learned. And so when it comes to problem solving, you gather in your store of skills and knowledge and you use it to the best of your ability to make the best outcome. Absolutely. And so here's the thing, it's self-government. So we're talking about some an individual, this is parents and children, uh, uh, getting skills, acquiring skills, learning them, putting them into practice into their own lives, and then analyzing their own lives and seeing what needs to be fixed and feeling like it's totally okay and and healthy and normal to find a problem with yourself and fix it and and taking the proper steps to do so so that is self-government and that's what we're talking about in all of these teaching self-government podcasts is how to help individuals and families communities, our whole world, how to help us all get to a place of self-governing. So we're, before we can talk about our 
topic today of helping the children open up to the parents and what parents might not see, we want to have a moment where we talk about the family bond and doing something fun as a family. Because if you're going to be a self-governing family, you got to do stuff together. Yeah. And you've got to have a good relationship. Exactly. So Paige, uh, do you have something for us today? Something we've done in the past as a family or anything like that? I do. As a matter of fact, there's always so many good activities, but the one I chose for today was um, something that we call oobleck. And it's probably been called that by other people too, but it's this substance that if you smack it like really hard, then nothing goes through it but if you're gentle and easy with it your hand sinks right in and gets all messy and so and i i like to think that a family that gets messy together stays together and so this one is a little more on the messy side it but is it, but it's so fun oh it's so fun yeah um, we it's it's a mixture that we usually make in like a nine by 13 pan but there have been people who have make made it in very very large quantities yeah i mean it's literally just cornstarch and water and when and when Paige talks about how you hit it and it's and you can't go through it it's like you're hitting a rock but then but then if you go if you put your hand on it softly you just sink into the ooze you know (laughs) um i mean you could you could even read i mean Ublek is actually a word that was made up by Dr. Seuss, you know, yes. and you, you could read Dr. Seuss's book about the Ublek and then you could make Ublek and, and stuff. But um, it's a non-Newtonian solid. When you mix cornstarch and water together, it's kind of like having it's kind of like wet sand, but even better. So, you know, wet sand, if sand is the perfect wetness, then when you run on it, it's hard like concrete. But if sand it does not have a lot of water in it, then it, then you sink in. Or if it has too much water in it, then it floats around and you sink in. I know we're all envisioning the beach right now. But, that, but, <laughs> but with cornstarch, cornstarch is even, it even shows the, that non-Newtonian solid property even better than sand does and and you can just make it anywhere so here's another thing if you're gonna do if you're gonna make oobleck and you're gonna play in it as a family (laughs) one night which is so fun the sky is the limit if you go online like on youtube or something i did this with my children and i said okay we're gonna make this stuff you know we play with it for a while and then i'm like let's see what other people have done with this and so then we went and we looked on videos there are people who've filled like swimming pools with it and they've been able to run across the water and like horse troughs yeah yeah and yeah all kinds of things because and they do tricks with it showing look it's like a solid i can walk on the water but wait if i stand here i sink (laughs) exactly and people have done all kinds of stuff so if you look up you know, oobleck or whatever experiments or really fun. And is it like one part water, one part cornstarch? Okay, great. We're going to go to the recipe now. Um, I mean, you can probably look it up, but yeah. So the recipe is just do it until it's a mix water and 
cornstarch <laughs> together until you get this kind of slimy consistency. And I don't think it's one to one. I think it might okay. be a little heavier on cornstarch. Um, so I would put the cornstarch in your pan or your bowl and then just pour in water mix at cold water, by the way, it's gotta be cold water. Um, do not use hot water or it will clump. So keep that in mind. I mean, it can, (laughs) it can warm to room temperature afterward, but you got to get the, make sure it doesn't have clumps. Um, anyway, that's another property of a non-Newtonian liquid is just changing changing with the the temperatures like that cornstarch is an amazing thing so we actually did this for science page you probably don't realize that it just seemed like fun for you but uh we are a homeschool family and i wanted to talk about solids liquids gases all that kind of stuff and so of course i was like we got to play with black. And <laughs> so that's why we pulled it out but yeah, what, it's a what good were one. some of the mem? i mean what were some of the memories that you have with black? i don't know if you want to share any yeah no i remember all of us we made it on the um the kitchen counter which was like an island in the middle of our kitchen and we had it in the center and all us kids we were on the table just like squatting around this oobleck and our hands were disgustingly messy with it. And it was so fun. We were laughing and giggling and it was dripping all over the counter. And, but we didn't care because we knew we could clean it up later. And it was just so fun to see everyone's hands covered in water and cornstarch. And it ended up getting on clothes and faces and we were all just so happy and so messy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so fun, especially I remember being there with London and Porter and just enjoying every second of it. Yeah. You know, there, we did do a lot of messy things like that because I'm not one of those moms that's afraid of making a mess. And that's just, you can always clean it up. Well, you can. I mean, we're pretty neat and tidy people anyway, for the most part. I mean, my husband and I both like to have things clean, but I wasn't afraid of making a mess. I decided a long time ago, I am a mom and I'm going to have fun with this and I'm going to have memories with my children. And what is a me- like, is there any great memory that comes with just being clean? Not no. usually. Not, I mean, your greatest memories are not like, and I dusted the furniture, you know, like that, <laughs> that isn't, that isn't your greatest memory. Your memory is always when you had that water fight or you, or you had, you made mud pies or, you, you know, those are always the fun times. And I was or like, dug a I, hole in the backyard and filled it with water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then hopped and, in. <laughs> exactly. Or made rivers, you know, in the yard or whatever. But it always involves something messier or making Play-Doh or making sugar cookies or making Creating bread. Something. Or, and that all involves a bunch of goop, you know, <laughs> that you play in. And so what I did one year for Christmas is I like to sew. And... And I just took, maybe it was Christmas, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was birthdays. You and Quinn had the same birthday month, so it could have been birthday or it could have been Christmas. I can't remember now, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I decided that I was going to make the children aprons, play aprons. Oh, for best cooking ever. 
yeah so for cooking or just playing with all the messy stuff and so I took some denim and I fashioned them some aprons and then we puff painted on them I allowed them to tell me what we wanted to puff paint on them and so it turned out to be they had these cute little you know pint-sized <laughs> aprons that would cover them up oh and I still have it I yeah. obviously don't wear it anymore, but I still yeah. have it. Be like you could wrap it on your leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was little. It was cute. But it, I did that because my full intention was we're going to get dirty. This house is going to be fun. And, and I'm just preparing for it right now. And so anyway, anytime we would do anything, I'd be like, go get your aprons. And they'd run and get their aprons. And then they would, you know bring them out and we would get messy oh fun memory page that's so fun I love it okay well let's go ahead and move into our main topic for today so our main topic is helping children open up now mm -hmm. at any age a person I mean it, it's just like a human behavior actually that sometimes is displayed by people that someone will close somebody else off Okay. Yeah. Well, even like it starts off super young, like a little child will maybe break a plate or something. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have a solid connection with their parent or, you know, that trust foundation, then the parent might say, who did this? You know, or who broke this plate? And the and child who did it would be like, nobody. Yeah. yep. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, mister. I don't know, did it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So it happens at super young ages. But but really, if we're going to be honest, I mean, when does it usually happen the most? When we're talking parent-child relationships. I would say it happens most when someone doesn't communicate properly or when there hasn't been something established beforehand. Because I know there were times, like I know for me, there was one time, I think I was like 12 or 13. And oh, I... Pause. That's actually what I was thinking, is it happens more when children hit adolescence. Oh, yeah. Anyway, well, this is, this is an example of what good happened. But so I was, yeah, like 12 or 13, maybe 14. And I broke one of our little bread plates that we had because I was being stupid and it broke anyway. And what you broke that? No, <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no. So, but I knew that because of the, the open relationship that we had, I could go to you instead of waiting for you to find it. I could say, Oh, Hey mom, I actually broke this. I'm sorry. And I knew that you wouldn't go, what? I had that since my wedding, blah, blah, blah. You just say, Oh, you know, thank you for telling me. You know, that's sad that we're down a plate, but you know, it, mistakes but happen. I've got like 30 others, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but it's because we, you'd, you're a parent that has always been very open with your communication. And because of that, we knew that we could come to you with anything and you wouldn't get angry because you told us, hey, you can come to me with anything and I won't get angry. And you held to that word. You held to that promise. And so we weren't afraid to come and talk to you. We weren't afraid that you were going to emotionally react 
to whatever we said or whatever we did and we knew that it was going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and I remember telling you, and this started actually when I was doing foster care. So I would get foster children who would come in to the home and they would have all these walls, you know, um, it's like they because, felt amazed around themselves. Filled with yeah. Walls. They came with walls. It was like they had walls maybe with their own parents or maybe because of their abuse or maybe their story has been so, you know, their, their, legal past has not been very good or whatever it is and so they hide 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 my past hide my family hide my addiction hide my you know and so everything is hide and um you know and then normally there were sexual things it was like from you know self-stimulation to going after other people the other sex and whatever and you know and they've had a past there and and every single one of my foster children I had to have a conversation with them or maybe 10 conversations <laughs> with them <laughs> where I <laughs> yeah where I had to I had to look at them and with all the love in my heart and just say listen I know there's a lot of things that have happened in your life that have never happened in my life. I know there's a lot of things that you've been through that you're dealing with. I know there's stuff you've done that maybe, you know, is a bad idea that you didn't do that. You did that, whatever, or maybe you don't even know now, but it still kind of bugs you that you did this thing or whatever it is. And I said, I want you to know there is absolutely nothing that you could tell me that you did that would shock me. There is nothing that I would take personally and that I would choose to judge you with. Because I would tell them, I, I don't hold any of it against you. You are here in my home because we're moving forward, which means if there's something that's still hidden that's in the past, let's just pull it out and have our way with it and so we can move on. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just get done with that so you don't have to hide it anymore. Because I would tell them, people who have to hide themselves, uh, any aspect of themselves, are never free. There's always bondage mm -hmm. if you have to hide. And so... Anyway, and they seemed to understand that. That doesn't mean they, that they would immediately open up about every single thing. They would kind of bit by bit test me and tell me, well, this happened. Well, I did okay. this. Well, some people don't know about this, you know. And occasionally I had to say, now, I need you to know that I am totally not shocked about this. And I think it's awesome that we're talking about it. And, and this, I, I sometimes had to say, just so you know, this is one of the things I actually probably will have to tell your caseworker about because it does have some legal ramifications, <laughs> but it's going to go away because you're bringing it up and it's not somebody else that's, that's bringing it up to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I'm going to advocate for this to go away because you're working on it. And then they'd be like, okay. And then, and then, yeah, there might be a little bit of a consequence here and there, but nothing near as bad. And they always found themselves having freedom instead. Yeah. Well, if I, if I remember right, 
the foster children that we had, they all left our house and were in our house with more confidence in themselves and confidence in the potential that relationships can have for good. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Um, I would say for sure. I mean, all but one, uh, but that was because this one was only in my house for two days and then, <laughs> yeah. And then if a, a situation happened with her and they were like, well, she's technically 18 anyway, we're not even going to care to bring her back. And I was like, well, darn, cause I didn't get a chance. <laughs> Dang really it. But other than that, other than like her, you know, um, then yeah, I mean, it's true. They, they did. They, uh, and there was freedom. You know, in fact, I have foster children to this day who will contact me, especially if they're having a hard time because they just want to tell someone they want to tell someone who loves them no matter what. I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional, but um, one of my darling, sweet daughters, foster daughters had a situation um, and and it was a hard time in her life and this was you know when she hit adulthood and this is a treasured memory to me um you know and she contacted me out of the blue and said nicoline i've been kind of dumb this is what happened you know whatever and i needed to tell someone and she was clearly um distraught about a decision she'd made and wanted to know how to fix it and um or if she even could fix it and and she just fell into my arms and i just said oh i'm so sorry oh i love you so much and we had a nice big talk and i looked at her and i said no matter what i love you no matter what no matter what mistakes you make, no matter what you do, no matter what, I love you. And she looked at me and said, I know. I know. And I guess what we need to discuss here is, do they always know, no matter what, I love you? Do you say it, but do they really know it? By the way, is putting up, is putting up walls normal? I mean, I think we need to ask that people putting up walls for other people. Is that normal in some families? It's normal because well, they all do it. <laughs> Everyone hides stuff from each other. Nobody's completely honest. Everybody's worried about how they look to each other, not how life really is and or how they look to the world around them and not how life really is. And so they could call it normal, but I am telling you that that is not the normal way that family bonds should happen and that relationships should be occurring for sure and so i'm going to say no it's not normal it's not square and that's what normal means normal means square okay so if something is square you know in the old days they used to say um oh he's so square like it was an insult and when i'm saying old days i'm talking about i don't know the 50s right 1950s, <laughs> way back when before i was even <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but but that was a term oh she's a square 
meaning like, oh, she's so like goody goody, so normal, so won't take any risks, won't do anything wrong. Okay. And so normal is square. Normal is precise. Okay. Precision, things done the right way. That's what it means to be normal. Um, and, and so is it normal for a person to hide aspects about themselves to other people? No, that's not, that's not precise. No, I that's think when people good. hide things, it's an act of preservation. Um, they're trying to protect themselves from, I'd say in a lot of cases, from an emotional attack. Yeah. From in someone fact, else. In fact, I would say that, yes, you are exactly right. An act of preservation. But when you are trying to preserve yourself in some way, you actually are controlling. And that's mm -hmm. the part that everybody feels. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like they go, ooh, that person is not opening up. Uh, they're controlling me. They're controlling this situation. And they feel themselves be controlled. And that's why parents go crazy over it because they're like, my child won't open up. My child won't open up. Well, if the neighbor wouldn't open up, you wouldn't care. You'd wander along your way and you'd be like, whatever, the neighbor hey, hey, doesn't hey. open up. Yeah, but if it's your child that won't open up, there's something that really bugs you because it is it seems morally wrong that a child would not open up to their parents why is it morally wrong well because the role of parents you know is to so lead and guide and mentor and direct yeah and they are they are not allowing that to happen if they don't open up so this is a a controlling behavior mm -hmm. that occurs yeah but so, but a lot of parents have a misconception that is the child's fault where oh, sometimes yeah. if they don't like with everything parenting you have to look at yourself and see if you might be contributing to the situation and so yeah. there are plenty of times where it's the parent's fault because they're just they're either over controlling or i mean that's actually that's actually the main one is they're trying to control every aspect of their child's life. In fact, there's a story that you tell quite often that happened happened a number of years ago, where there was um, you know a child playing at our house with me and uh, London and Porter and stuff, and his mom came to pick him up, and he wasn't wearing the proper clothes. You know, apparently she well, thought it was what she wanted. Yeah, right. And so she flipped out on him and said, what are you wearing? You know, I told you you couldn't wear shorts, blah, blah, blah. And you could just see him trying to preserve himself, trying to keep himself safe. And be like, oh, well, dad told me I could wear these. Or, um, you know, it's just felt really good outside, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I don't care. Go home, blah, blah, blah. And then she turned right back and was just very pleasant. And you're like, what? What no, I know. Happened? I was like, wait a minute. We just had Momzilla come out. Yeah. And now we've got and but now like we've me got watching, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> me watching from the child's perspective, because this was years ago. Yeah. Me watching from my perspective, I thought, oh my goodness, this poor boy is feeling so attacked by his mom that he's willing to do anything to try and keep himself afloat. He's willing to lie. He's willing to make up stories. He's willing to 
you know, basically do anything to try and help his mom see like his point of view or to keep himself safe. Yeah. Emotionally safe. Well, and the thing is, is in that child, he was probably six or seven. Okay. When that occurred. So, um, there was a, another situation where a parent said to me, um, and, and this is a different type of a situation, but where a parent said to me, Oh, you know, my child just won't open up to me. And then it turned out that when the child was talked to, then the child said, well, I can't tell my mom anything. I have chosen not to tell my mom anything because every time I tell my mom something, then she tells me that I'm wrong and I've done everything wrong and I have to, and she tells me I can't do whatever it is. And and she just is so controlling. I can't wait till I get out. And actually Mm. that is, that is not so uncommon. So no, it just doesn't always like spoken about. But there, I'm I've sure met, there are plenty of children that feel that way. Now, there's some children who are just oppositional defiant or even who are liars, and they could make up that whole story, right? Or they could be oppositional defiant, and no matter what their parent wants, they're going to go against it. I yeah. mean, we're not talking about situations like that, okay? We, we're talking about your normal run-of-the-mill situation where you've got um, a child who has just decided, I'm done telling mom and dad stuff for whatever reason, well, usually in the child's head is mom and dad can't take it. Mom and dad can't know. Um, mom and dad, because they'll overreact. Yeah. Or mom and dad are always up in my business. So if I don't tell them anything, then they're, then I get to do more of what I want. Yeah. Well, and okay. And that brings into another thing when you say my business, because when a child is still a child when they're not adult and on their own yet their whole lives actually pretty much are still mom and dad's business because the role of mom and dad is to guide them through right right and so they have to know what's going on but so then we bring in another thing which is social paradigm okay so there's there's this um the child, the parent could be controlling, and so the child could turn on the parent because of that or, or could hide things from the parent because of that. But also, the child could just perceive that parents are going to be controlling if they find out anything bad ever. Mm-hmm. Because society could just breed that. Oh, don't let your mom and dad know. Oh, don't you tell. Oh, they'll be mad. Oh, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And so society could breed that friend, you know, the children's peers could talk about stuff like that. And so the child could start, start perceiving that their parent is unapproachable when you wouldn't be able to talk about a mistake or a problem. When in all reality, they aren't. Yeah. When in reality, the parent, you know, would totally be helpful and kind and open-minded and but the child just perceives from what they've heard about parents. but it's not going to be that way. Yeah. And so those are probably the two main reasons we we can't, but those, those two misconceptions come from the same thing and that's miscommunication between child and parent. Oh, absolutely. Because see, if the, if the society is breeding that type of thought, which lightning bolt, they are. Okay. So when you, 
when children talk, it's like, oh, my mom will kill me if whatever, you know. And so then everyone thinks, oh, would my mom kill me? Yeah, she would too probably because <laughs> they've never done. You know what I mean? So yeah. the parent has to constantly keep opening the door. And mm-hmm. the parent has to constantly keep reassuring the child that, you know what, this is, I mean, we can talk about anything. Hey, here's something from my own life you might not even know. Don't tell them your worst things you ever did because then sometimes they misconstrue that. But like right. when you say, you know what, I I actually, you know, made a mistake doing that too. I think everybody sometimes, you know, makes that mistake. And so let's talk about how not to make that mistake and just like, don't make it such a big deal, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's I, just, it just needs to be calm, effective communication where neither of you are taking anything personal. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So, um, anyway, I just, I just feel like the parent can just perceive ahead of time. I've got to reassure them again and again. I've got to let them know that mistakes happen to everybody. I've got to let them know that this family is not about being perfect. You know, (laughs) I I know. I mean, perfect. (laughs) But you know what? Some children truly do think that if they're not perfect, their parents will not appreciate them or like them or whatever. Yeah, no, I remember there was a time where I was, I was probably 16, and I came up to you and dad, and I was, I was angry. I'm like, mom, I'm tired of being this perfect child. Like, I don't see why I have to be this way, and I just want to be myself, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was just so angry, because, you know, we had been, you're like, well, you need to be an example, especially because we're, you know, we teach these people about these skills. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Well, and then, but then I, I hopefully I said, well, you don't have to be perfect. Nobody's yeah, yeah, no. perfect. It was all an emotional rant, but but you know, I was just caught up in the idea. I think I had been around some of my friends too long, but <laughs> they were, yeah, I, I was just like, I I feel like you know, I feel like I'm a robot, blah blah blah. But then you're like, no, like you've been taught these skills and they've served you well. And you're like, oh, you're right. <laughs> Well, and so the thing is, is that I think, I think anybody can start to feel that way if there hasn't been enough communication that has occurred. Yeah. You know, like if you just don't, because assumptions can come in at any point. And I think that's really what happens is children assume their parents won't be okay. Now, here's the thing is you've got to ask yourself as a parent, are you okay if your child makes a mistake or do you turn a, a little molehill into a mountain? You know, a mountain. Yeah. What are you saying when they come up with something to you? When they say, yeah. oh, I think I like this girl. Are you saying something like, oh, no, 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 no. She has a bad family and she's whatever. And she comes from, you know, oh, oh, she, she doesn't dress in a way. Like, how is you know what I'm saying? What's or do you react like, oh, tell me more. You know, I'm, I'm interested to know more about this person. Yeah. Or do you say, okay, well, huh. I what think do you like about her? Yeah. Like at your age, it is true that you might start liking people, you know? I mean, I've always told my kids, hey, when that, you know, that first time you hold somebody's hand, the first time you, you know, somebody 
you decide you want to give somebody a kiss, you know, like when you're dating age and you're, you know, that first time I want to know, you know, <laughs> but at the same time I, but, I say, but don't you just go and do all that, right? Like, don't you, because you, what are the parameters for when would be okay and not okay to do that, you know, but whenever it happens and what I want to be the first one to know, cause I want to be like, whoa, how was it? Yeah, you know, well, and if you have that kind of that solid relationship, like it's an exciting thing to tell. I know when I had my first kiss, you were the first person I called. I'm like, Mom, guess what? <laughs> like, yeah, and it was it's like you were a friend that I could tell. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mom will be so excited, you know? Yeah, because I knew that you weren't going to try and control my love life or control different aspects of my life but you're just going to be there to be happy with me and to mm. be excited about me moving on in life you know and reaching new little quote-unquote milestones you know yeah yeah well and the thing is is that actually you were like okay well I want you to um I mean you you want me to like meet people all of your friends oh, of and all of your people you date and everything like that but there's there's a point where I will give personal comment and then there's yeah. a point where I won't and you and then sometimes you'll say to me like no mom I really want to know more <laughs> like, tell me <laughs> well, and I'm like okay because I don't because I don't want to impose my opinions on every decision that you make especially right. because I think to some degree you have to give people the benefit of the doubt that we're all changing and growing oh, especially yeah. no when, one's perfect especially when people are young but like always people are changing and yeah. growing and well and especially in the dating and, world like you kind of have to experiment with different situations not that you should go too far you know or anything like that but that's a very experimental right. time and you figure right. out like that's when you figure out you know it, the whole process whether you're 16 or for me whether you're 21 you know you're figuring out what you like in a in a person and what you don't and what you're trying to look for and so it's all experimental all you know it's, well, exactly. Yeah. And and I think that's probably the direction I gave you at one point. Like, hey, what is this phase of life for? It's to figure out what you like in a person and don't like yeah. in a person. <laughs> you know, I think we discussed that, <laughs> you know, but that's the whole point is that we did discuss that we do. Discuss Which is so that. important. That discussion is huge. Yeah, it is. You, the parent has to actually talk more in order to get the child to talk more. Cause we're talking about children who are closed up here. And so the parent has to not just be like, so tell me about this. And the child's like, it's fine. It was good. It was whatever. And then the parent can't just be done with that. The parent has to say something like, you know, I remember when I had my first band concert and Oh, I had the hardest time keeping on on track, like with where <laughs> we were, and I I just felt like I was messing the whole thing up. And this is what happened. And the person next to me dumped his spit valve on my shoe, and <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know. And you just tell a story, and even if they don't open up right then with more news about their band concert or their first day at band or whatever happened that you want to talk about. 
um, it doesn't matter because you told them and you opened up to a flaw about you. I don't yeah. know if parents actually realize that their children oftentimes perceive them as perfect. No, it's true. Like even unless they're making drastic mistakes and the kid's like, oh my, like yeah. my parents is not doing good. Um, they, they do. Like I can tell, I can tell you many times I'm like, wow, my mom is perfect. She's got it all down under control. <laughs> Your mom is in, not perfect. <laughs> I, know, I know, but in the yeah. same we're like, oh my gosh, I just made 15 mistakes. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. When, when a parent or a mentor chooses to be vulnerable and to open themselves up and to share a flaw, that makes it more comfortable for the other person to then share their flaws. Yeah. Because yeah. I know there have been times when you told me, hey, you know, I really didn't do that very well. Like, can we, can we try that again? And yeah. for me, that was like, oh, wow. I can That's how you do it. You with try this it again. Person. And yeah. so, but when a parent is not willing to admit that they have flaws or when they think that everything that they do is right, then it's very likely that their child is not going to open up to them and is not going to be very communicative because they know that their parent is not going to listen to another opinion because they don't either the parent doesn't see their child's opinion as valid or something worth listening to because they feel that their opinion is always right mm -hmm. or yeah. you know the, the child is just either going to go along with it until they blow up or until they turn 18 and move out or things are going to go down because depending no. on the child's personality well, and the thing is, is things get more and more toxic if the distance yeah. becomes greater and greater between anyone in a relationship. If yeah, you well, never if... talk to your neighbor, then soon the neighbor has no problem calling the cops on your dog or your children or your whatever. Yeah. That's when you know you have a toxic neighbor relationship, right? But if yeah. you, but if you have, if the wall goes up in your marriage, same thing, you know. Well, if there's pride the in any relationship then there's going to be contention because if if people are not willing to admit that they have faults or that maybe their opinion is not you know as well liked or their way of doing something is not the way uh -huh. then things will never get resolved people will get hurt and things will be bottled up or things will explode yeah well and that's because it's actually a self-government skill to know how to connect with another person, how to communicate with another person, how to open up to another person when you don't want to. That is one of those skills that you can fine tune about yourself as far as self-government goes. You know, I had a friend, dear friend actually, who is kind of more shy. She's more reserved, um, you know, until you really get to know her. Right. But she, um, she said to me one time, She's like, you know, I go to church and nobody talks to me. And I was like, well, one thing I've realized is that you just got to be the person that talks to everybody else because yeah. there's the few people that talk to everybody. And then there's the, then there's everybody else who sits there and says, how come nobody talked to me today? But like everybody, <laughs> but everybody has to be the person 
who goes and talks to people. And if everyone sees themselves as the person who goes and talks to people, then guess what? Everybody at the end of the day says, oh, so many nice people talk to me. You know, now I never, <laughs> I never really contemplate anymore about who talks to me. I think I, I, I do remember thinking that at some point in my life. But I, I have removed that from my type of thinking socially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always just think, who do I need to go and talk to? Yeah. Well, and if or, you think about it, like your friend, she had a wall up of shyness. You know, yeah. she was expecting people to come and talk to her, where in all reality, she needed to climb over or tear down her own wall of shyness and just say, you know what? I think I'm going to go talk to one new person today. You know, so I think a lot of it comes any, you know, all of Nothing this that we've talked comfort. about, mm -hmm. you know, especially when it comes to parents with say their teenage children, parents need to be able to analyze themselves first, see what walls they themselves have up yeah, or lenses that they're looking through. And what, what are those, they trying to control? Yeah. yeah. And tear that down, make themselves a little more vulnerable, which is uncomfortable at times. But then once they tear down their own walls and fix what they perceive as wrong in their own behavior, then they can start to address and climb over or tear down piece by piece their child's wall. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's exactly right. In fact, we could probably talk about, I mean, we could talk about this topic, you know, it would take hours to fully exhaust this because there are skills that somebody can use, such as how to disagree appropriately, which is a, one of those teaching self-government vital skills. Oh yeah, that was I would, huge. I would teach my children how to disagree appropriately with me. I would encourage them to do it. I would say, hey, um, if you ever feel like you need to tell me something where I'm being too controlling this is how you do it and you disagree appropriately with me and i will always listen to you um when you use that skill i mean yeah, because so, it puts everyone in a place where they're going to listen to each other yeah and just like a little trigger disagree appropriately does this beautiful thing it's a it's like a seven step process but it does this beautiful thing where it, it actually puts you in a position where you are seeking to understand the other person um, instead of just wanting to tell them what you want to tell them. And that is huge when it comes to breaking down walls. You know, when you're like, okay, hey, this person has a wall. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell them I understand their wall. I'm probably not going to call it a wall, but I'm going to tell them, <laughs> I'm going to show them what understand I understand how they feel. Yeah. About how they're feeling. And then I'm, but I'm going to then bring up the truth. And say, but the truth is right now, we're not able to, I'm feeling kind of controlled right now. Well, and if you it, know? like, if yeah. you're explaining truth, you sometimes as a parent, you have to be willing to say, the truth is here, I'm being controlling and I'm sorry. Yeah. Or, you know, if that is the truth, make sure you say that that is the truth and that you accept that that is the truth. Yeah. I think one of our main points that we really want to hit today, um, with this because we could talk about many things we could talk oh, yeah. about how to put them at ease which i think we've mentioned a little bit like mention saying sharing some of your own stories we've mentioned roles right and getting your roles in the right place and if you need more help there there's the whole roles book roles which is awesome. family business and social success yeah and you can get that on teaching self-government.com but i mean there's um there's not 
not ever choosing to be shocked or emotional about any problems that come their way. So not taking it personally, but yeah, not being I, emotionally attached to your children's reactions. But I think the biggest point, I mean, we could talk about so many different things. Like, honestly, I have a, a list as long as my arm of things that we could just keep talking about to, to fine tune this. But I think to just start the first thing that you have to do before you're going to fix any problem the first thing that you have to do is you have to say, wait a second, what is my role in this? Mm-hmm. So Honestly. they're, yeah. So they're controlling me. They're, they're putting up a wall, which is an effort to control me. Does that mean that they feel like if they don't have that wall, that they will lose control? So that means who would have control? Mm -hmm. Does that mean me, that I, the parent, am controlling them, or at least they perceive that I'm controlling them because that's how they're processing my actions or words? It's a lot of self-analyzation. Yeah. And so then if you do that, then you can say, okay, how do I make sure that I am not coming across as just being controlling to them while still maintaining my role, still maintaining the correcting and the teaching and the praising and all those things that I need to do as a parent. They're, they're important. How do I do that? And you know, some of those things are built right into the teaching self-government program. Um, mm-hmm. Having mentor meetings, having parent counseling sessions, having specific skills that we use. So it doesn't seem like I'm making up something new every time some new thing comes along. So, so those little behaviors, those little day-to-day things don't have to be ways that we, sh- w- that we, try to control more and more and more, but they can just smoothly, you can go through those things. And then that, that removes some of that control should open the door to just then more open conversation. And we don't, we can remove all of the emotional um, manipulation Mm -hmm. out of our interactions with each other. And it makes things so much easier and so much nicer. Yeah. So, um, as we go on through these podcasts, we will, you know, talk about more and more and more, hopefully help you fine tune, um, other things in your life. And you'll help, you'll hear us mention how to do some of these things that I've just listed. There isn't time today to go into all of that kind of stuff, but I feel like we've had a really good, robust, open conversation. Oh yeah. about the truth behind people not opening up there there's multiple reasons it could happen but lots of times I have found when I meet with families like I'll go and do a home study in somebody's house and they'll have that child where it's like the one that they are power struggling with all the time mm-hmm. when I when I interview the parents and I hear their story about the one and then when I interview the one personally and I hear their story about what's going on with mom and dad I realize the perception of that child who is the one is is that they are being controlled in ways that they feel like is not safe or fair or the way it should be and now either they don't understand the way it should be because they have been influenced in a negative way by outside society or they 
really truly are misinterpreting things or that parent is being controlling and you know what a good percentage of the time in fact i would say a lot of the time the parent with the best intentions is actually being controlling in a way that's leading to that closing off mhm mm mhm yep and and it is the best of intentions because the parents it is. Want like, to well, we want this for our children. It'll be so good for them. But then the child's like, well, actually, I think this will be better for me. But then the parents are just like, no, no, you know, this is what we have for you. It's going to be so good. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the parent has to maintain a relationship in order to maintain any influence. Yeah. As soon as the influence comes across as too controlling or overbearing not not reasonable not understanding then what happens is the relationship bond gets severed and then all influence is actually lost so we have to be careful as parents that we don't take things personally that we don't over control and that we make sure that for um everybody's future success that we continually open our own doors of communication and we acknowledge i mean i would not be above i want you to know this maybe this is our last thing that we say because i know time's short but i would not be above going to my child and saying do you know what I think you think I'm controlling you. You feel like I'm controlling you. And I've thought about it and I realize you're right. I've been controlling you. I'm so sorry. We need to talk about how we can go forward. We need to learn some skills so that I don't feel like I need to control, but there's ways I can talk to you without being so controlling. And, and I realize I'm, I'm also getting in the way of a little bit of your development because of this controllingness. And, and so I just want you to know I'm sorry. I would never be above that as a parent. If and I think from a child's perspective, if that happened, I would think, wow, at least with the knowledge I have now, I think, wow, you know, that's really mature of mom or dad or whoever. But I would also think, wow, well, we finally understand. That's it. You would feel relief. Yeah. That they actually finally understood. Even if you, even if you really aren't controlling them and they just perceive it, it would be worth it to go to them and say, you know what? I'm pretty sure that you feel controlled by me. And that's the last thing that we're going for here. And I'm really sorry. What that means is that you and I need to be more on the same page with how we're going to handle stuff. And, and we need to have more open conversations. Because otherwise we're just going to both keep trying to control each other. And that can't be a good pattern for our life, you know? And honestly, that is so relieving for a child to hear. Yeah, so uh, you need to be honest. I mean, and don't hide behind. But if you would just whatever, 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 yeah, no, whatever. You can't, you can't start attacking. It, this is a very understanding moment for you to do no, that. No, it is. And, and then later comes the, well, you know, um, what needs to change here? I mean, I need to change, and I'm going to work on this and this. But I want you to know, daughter or son, sometimes I feel like you're trying to control me too when you're putting up walls and not talking. And I feel like you're trying to control me when you, you know, don't help out or whatever. And 
so what could maybe we do on your side too right i mean yeah. if if we're completely honest and open with each other there should be no need to go to controlling measures and what it usually boils down to is somebody is too lazy to go to the effort of having the open and honest whether it's the parents or whether it's the children anyway mm -hmm. this has been a great discussion Paige thank you for joining us yeah of course and we we are going to call this a wrap this has been the teaching self-government podcast thank you for joining us we will talk to you again next time You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.